Good morning. It's, on this cloudy day, I'm sort of like Gail. She wanted to come be among her friends. It's good to come in here and see all the sunshine in this room because there are a lot of smiling faces out there, and I thank you for that. This morning, I'm going to introduce Rimco and Jennifer Bromette. Now, most of you know them very well, and it's not necessary that I say much because they've been friends of our class for a long time. But Rimco and Jennifer have been married for 28 years. They head up True Identity Ministries. One of the things you may not know, Rimco also works full-time for Johns Creek. He is a citizen's advocate and also the chaplain for the city. They have two daughters, one of whom lives in London, Karina, and Sophia is a freshman at Berry College. So if you would please join me in welcoming the Brahmettes. Well, the IT department uh, gets the uh, apparatus going. Um, we thought we'd come and uh, spend some time with you this morning to tell you about our trip to Kenya, because as you recall, the last time I was here, I was begging for money. And you gave generally, uh, generously, and uh, this trip was a tremendous success. And so you deserve to know what's happened to uh, those generous gifts. And so we want to share this slideshow with you. Uh, we went in, uh, in June of uh, this year. Um, to uh, Kenya for about two weeks, and uh, after we get this going, I want to let Jennifer share the preface to this. Well, maybe I should share that while you do. That. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, we're we're almost there. The uh, yeah. the screen is up. So, um, Jennifer heads up True Identity Ministries, and uh, that has been in response to a call that the Lord gave her uh, to use her story of discovering who she was in Christ and who Christ was in her to help women understand the meaning of that, to help uh, women understand uh, the lies that Satan throws at them and to uh, realize their true identity of who they are in Christ and who Christ is in them. And uh, God opened a door basically through Divine Providence Training Center that you're well familiar with in Kenya that REMC has been partnering with um, about two years ago, uh, in 2010, were you there? 2011. Uh, to come and share that with a number of pastors' wives. And the retreats that she'd been having here already among women were very transformational. They were life-changing. When she took that to Kenya, the women that went through these retreats um, mm. underwent a remarkable transformation. Uh, the light bulbs went on. For most of them, uh, the, re the daily reality was that they were seen as property, essentially. And they lived under a yoke of lies and of mistaken identity. And for them to really see that they were daughters of the king and who they were in Christ and who Christ was in them was a tremendous freedom. Um, so most of these women were pastor's wives. And so the pastors saw what happened to these women. They came to Jennifer and said, do you have this for men? We need this too in Kenya. And Jennifer said, well, as a matter of fact, we don't, unfortunately. Uh, up until that time, I'd been very happily working away in my job, and men's ministry was not a blip on my radar screen. But when Jennifer came back with that uh, sense of, of need, of urgency, that the men in Kenya and the pastors and the churches needed uh, that same message for the men, God stirred it in my heart to uh, write, rewrite the materials and call it True Men. And we had our first retreat here in the United States uh, in the fall of last year, 2012. 
and uh, we had about 23 guys go through it. Then uh, in the spring, I took 56 men from Mount Pisgah United Methodist through it on their retreat, and that was basically dry run for taking it to Kenya. And so this trip tells the story of uh, our uh, trip to Kenya when we took two men there last June. So are we ready to yeah, roll? Just, um, I would just share about how a lot of this is addressed. Yes. Um, we, uh, as a ministry, we also are partners with Divine Providence Training Center. That's really been, they have kind of embraced us, and they're the ones that brought us in. Most of the people that went through uh, True Identity and then True Men are Divine Providence graduates or current students who are currently in class. And uh, both the board of uh, Divine Providence Training Center, some of you may may know Beth Casey and, and uh, Sally and Bill White, uh, as well as Paul Nujuna, who has been here from time to time, the director of uh, New Providence Training Center, have been very instrumental in helping us bring this to Kenya. So here we go. Okay. I can start. Yep. All right, so um, the the one little thing that happened was the week before we left, I um, went on a walk in our neighborhood and twisted my foot in a heroic effort to stay upright, essentially. And uh, that necessitated me having a boot. And so here we are, uh, Jennifer and myself in the international terminal with the boot. And uh, that boot... Um, you know, that kind of uh, was a hindrance, but it was also a blessing in disguise because it got us early on the planes and good seats. And, you know, you, you put a puppy face up, you get to the front of the line, that kind of stuff. So it sort of helped. Um, it was a long trip to uh, Kenya. We actually took our uh, youngest daughter, Sophia, with us and dropped her off in London to spend two weeks with her older sister, uh, Karina. You heard in the introduction, our older sister moved to London in April. And she lives there now. Both of our daughters have dual citizenship because I'm a European. Um, and uh, so she lives there now. And uh, so about halfway through, this is kind of what you look like on the way to uh, Kenya. It was probably at about 33 hours of total travel time. So from Atlanta to London to Amsterdam to Kenya. Yeah, long A long trip. This is the last leg of the uh, trip on Kenya Air, the pride of Africa, before the airport blew up over there. You might have heard about that. And our first uh, arrival there was at Camp Chemi Chemi. Uh, that is the headquarters now of the Divine Providence Training Center. We spent a day or so there to uh, kind of get our, our uh, feet on the ground, rest up a little bit, and prepare our conference materials for the first set of uh, conferences. And this was our home. Uh, these are the uh, the tents that they have there now that the students reside in when they come for their training sessions. These are safari tents on a platform. Um, they have uh, every modern convenience inside, so we call it glamping. <laughs> That's the only way I will camp anyway, is if, it's, if there's glamping involved. So uh, they have uh, hot showers, flushing toilets, and two sinks with running water. You can't drink the water, you can't brush your teeth with the water, but it runs, and it's hot, and that's that's good. So here's the bedroom, so you can see that's pretty glamorous. You know, headboards, beds, uh, wood floor, lamps, lights, everything. This is the view from Camp Chemi Chemi. Uh, Nairobi would be a little bit off to the left there. Beautiful view over the valley there, and, and these are all the tents that are currently set up. The meeting, a preparatory meeting, that's uh, uh, Bill White there on the... You know, in the middle on the left there, raising his mug next to um, Paul Nujuna. And then on the right is Joe. Um, Joe was there for two months to help do some construction work. 
And then uh, we left for a town called Nyahururu. Nyahururu is right on the equator, and you go up for about a three and a half drive along the Rift Valley in Kenya. Those of you who have heard of the Rift Valley that's in Kenya, it's absolutely beautiful as you drive on the, the rim of the Rift Valley going north. And, you know, the drive is always interesting. Of course, the steering wheel is on the wrong side. Um, they would, you know, uh, beg to differ. They consider that the right side. Um, and cattle in the road, potholes, you know, all kinds of things. It's not like here at all. And they actually take their cows for a walk there. You know, you, you put your, uh, you put your rope onto a, a leg and, and, you know, you take the cow for a walk. You let him graze in different patches of grass. So there it is, in a dirt road. Um, you kind of have to get used to driving not only on the other side of the road. Now, we never drove, fortunately. We were not that courageous. We have a lot of faith, but not quite that much. But it's absolute, every time there was a town, it's absolute chaos. There is traffic everywhere, animals everywhere, motorcycles everywhere, trash everywhere, people everywhere, shops everywhere, chaos. So there's kind of like a, an impression of what you see along the road. The uh, top right slide is a donkey cart. And those were everywhere. These donkeys don't have reins. They stand on the on the cart and they have a long twig and they steer the donkey by hitting it on the different sides. And these donkeys are, are going everywhere. Chariot. Pardon me? Almost like a chariot. Yeah, almost like a chariot. Without Sometimes rain. they have two or three donkeys and they're standing there like this and like, you know, kind of a low-budget form of Ben-Hur or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, geese in the middle of the of the market and one thing that struck us is that it may look very dirty and grimy and chaotic and run down everywhere but the people were dressed to the nines most kenyans had when they go out most kenyan men had sport coats on and loafers and slacks and the women had colorful clothing they were clean uh, pressed crisp they did not look dirty or run down as people at all we stopped off um, at Strong Tower Orphanage because uh, one of our good friends are, is there. Uh, that's Martha and her husband. She's a DPTC graduate, and she is a True Identity sister. And she is one of our key people up there. She teaches True Identity herself. So they live there. They run a church. That's her little uh, son, uh, whose name I always forget. That's promise. Yeah. That's promise. They have very interesting names for their kids. They they name their kids things like promise and favor prince. and prince and uh, those types of things. Providence. Yeah. Um, and then we arrived at uh, Thompson Falls, which is a resort up there, more glamping in a sense. Uh, beautiful resort, beautiful waterfall, beautiful grounds. Uh, and we stayed there, which it's right north of the uh, equator there, uh, at Thompson Falls. Now. Because most of Kenya is south of the equator, uh, this was June, and it was just getting into their winter. Our summer, their winter. It's flip-flop. And so even though we were on the equator about the whole way through, it was 50s, 40s at night, uh, 50s during the day, cloudy, wet, and we were shivering. That was, uh, it was cold. It was nasty. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, we had a meeting there because uh, we needed to prepare our first conference. These are some of the key people that are uh, up there that have uh, helped us put this conference together and are now part of the True Identity <laughs> Leadership Team in Kenya. There's Pastor Henry Waveru, um, and uh, there is James and Eva Kimani. Um, Pastor Henry Waviru had already been teaching True Identity, and he'd been taking it to a thousand kids. They uh, 
school kids. They can take it to the schools. In the Kenyan schools, you can talk about God freely. It's not like here. In fact, they want you to talk about God. So they take it to school kids and teach it to the young men and women there. Um, Eva, Eva and James pastor a small little church, and most of the churches there are just wooden one-room building with dirt floors. Many of them don't even have chairs. Uh, and Eva is uh, going to be, she she is the uh, guardian of the true identity laptop that we left there. And so she is going to be helping us teach some or uh, translate some of the materials into Swahili. And James is a graduate of Divine Providence. Yes, yeah. And then when it was off to the retreat center, Tabor Hill, which is a Catholic retreat center, beautiful place in Nyahururu for our first conference with um, pastors who were, for the most part, associated with a group called uh, God's Grace for for All Nations, or GGFAN, as they call it. Uh, quite a few of them were Divine Providence training grads. Yeah, I don't know if we're here no Simon. I don't think you would know Simon. He was He's the key leader there that uh, put it together, Bishop Simon. Uh, they call, you know, an overseer, somebody in a high, higher place, a bishop. He wasn't a Catholic bishop or anything. So beautiful grounds, courtyard, uh, our meeting rooms there, beautiful landscape. This is not typical for Kenya, uh, but it was sure very nice to be there. Gorgeous meeting room here, and here we are ready to begin our first session. And that, this was the first time that we did a session with men and women together, a conference with men and women together. These were a total of about... 50, 50 pastors and pastors' wives and key leaders in their churches uh, that were going through the True Identity materials. Some of them were degrads. Yes. Yeah. So um, this is the first session there, which we do on temperaments. And Julius there is also one of our key people. He's also going to be helping uh, translate the men's material into Swahili. Um, and he is helping translate because we found that especially quite a few of the women did not speak English. They either spoke Swahili uh, or they uh, spoke Kikuyu, which is the main tribal language over there. And so it took a little bit longer. Our first session on temperaments, which is normally about an hour and a half, took four hours to get through. But, you know, they got it. They got it. So they're taking the personality profile here, the four basic temperaments. You might have heard of those, you know, the sanguine, choleric, phlegmatic, and melancholic temperaments. We use that in our teaching materials there. Um Helping and and it was a bit of a struggle for them to understand. You know, like, what is a dry sense of humor? You know, those kinds of expressions that's yeah. completely foreign to them. So you had to some describe some of that. Uh, we're now in the process of developing our own temperament personality test that simplifies that somewhat, and then they can use that one to translate it into Swahili because this one is copyrighted by the publisher as well, so they can't just translate that and distribute it. And then at the end of uh, the personality session, we divide them up by temperament, and then each of those groups gets to pictorially uh, depict um, what their temperament looks like. You know, so uh, what does a sanguine look like? You know, happy faces, smiley faces, sunny. What is a what is a choleric type A personality like? Rhinoceros, elephant, bulldozer, those types of things. So that was a that was a lot of fun. They uh, they are. They are very quick to laugh and have fun, so it was absolutely hilarious to watch them do this. And then they get to present it to the whole group, more hilarity. So even though we couldn't understand some of it because they fell back into Swahili from time to time, but they were laughing, so I think it was good. There's the, you know. 
some of these presentations. And then, of course, every day, uh, promptly at 10 o'clock in the morning and promptly at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, there's tea break. Kenyan tea is very important. In the United States, we don't have coffee and tea breaks anymore. In Europe, we still do. The whole world comes to a standstill at 10 o'clock because we're drinking coffee. And that's the same in Kenya. The whole world comes to a standstill at 10 o'clock and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because it's tea break. And so it's out there with cakes and uh, Kenyan tea, which is mostly milk with very a little bit of very strong tea in it. Milk and sugar. Milk and sugar. And it's, uh, it's time to socialize and have our tea breaks. After the first session on personalities, the men's and the women's group split and uh, did separate tracks for the rest of the teaching until the last session. So uh, that this was my first uh, session teaching the true men uh, to the Kenyan pastors. And it was absolutely amazing. I didn't know how they would take it. Part of our retreats uh, involve small group sharing, where they sit around and they talk about the materials and answer some questions. And in order for it to really have a transformational effect, they have to open up and not have this behavior like pastors. When the retreat began, what struck me is, is already when, when we have a retreat here, we dress down, right? We put our jeans on and our old sweaters and our t-shirts and, and, and that kind of stuff. Three-piece suits. I'm a pastor. I dress the part. And so I was afraid that they were going to have like the pastoral attitude. Malone knows what that is. I know what that is. It's like I'm pastor so and so. And so I'm going to talk theology about this. I'm not talk about myself. I'm going to talk theology. Not these guys. I'd encourage them. Interact with God and interact with each other as sons of the living God and as brothers, not as pastors. They got that immediately, and they were very, very uh, open and transparent with each other, which was uh, had a profound effect on them. And it was very interesting when they started uh, giving feedback, um, because um, not only did they start to point at specific ways that God was speaking to them, but they also started to see this uh, true identity material as a key to teaching men in Kenya how to be men. They were very excited about it. You see, there's hardly any men in the church in, in Kenya because the men there don't know how to be men anymore. It used to be that their fathers taught them how to be men. They would be hunters or they would be farmers or they would be a craftsman or something like that, and their father would teach them. But most of the men have, have left the, the rural areas and left the tribal distinctions, and they have gone to the cities and in hope of a better life and jobs and haven't found them, and they've turned to alcohol and they abused their wives, and, and they have lost their sense of identity as men. And they said, this is so important. This can transform the community in Kenya because for the first time we can teach men in Kenya how to be men by giving them God's design for manhood. And my mouth fell open. I thought, wow. Because they were talking about this can transform our whole country once we take it to the communion, to the community. Worship was always a lot of fun. That's very different. We don't, they don't have like a guy with a keyboard and a guitar and a, they, somebody just starts and they all chime in and they dance and they clap and we got no rhythm in Europe. So we just sort of stand there, you know. but they, they get into it completely. So. We have a video of that in a little bit. It's exciting to watch them worship. In the meantime, the women's track was going on. Jennifer, you want to talk about that for a bit? Um, sure. Because I had been there in 2011, and Eva and Lucy uh, were some of the first women to go through this material, 
um, I really wanted to give them the opportunity to teach this. So, because our, our hope is that we empower them to teach this to one another, not us, you know, we go over, we train the trainers. And so this was the first time that Lucy and Eva had the opportunity to teach this material to a, a group of uh, women. They have gone out and taught it on their own, but um, I was there to just coach them and encourage them and help them. And it was really delightful to see them passionately sharing this message. Um, and we had, um, uh, mostly for my, my sake, which I appreciated, they had uh, women who translated. So if they were speaking in English, they translated to Swahili, but a lot of times... They spoke in Swahili, so they translated into English, so I knew what they were talking about, mm -hmm. which was nice. So, and I, I did teach some of the sessions, but no one took any most, pictures. So I, I did, though it was fun. We had the same, we had the same thing with the women and the small groups and sharing, and they don't do that very much over there. That's kind of a new thing for them, and they really, really love that to uh, come together as women and be able to share their hearts with one another and their struggles and things that they're going through, especially as pastors' wives and women in ministry, uh, was really significant for them. In fact, it was tea time after this, and we couldn't get them to come out. Same, same with the men. They didn't want to stop talking. So Not even really for tea something. time, and that says something. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. um, we have personal reflection time built into these retreats where they get alone with God, and they allow God to speak to them. I've spoken in this class about listening prayer. And this is an expression about that. Let God speak to you and let him reveal to you. So these are some images of reflection time about the, around the beautiful grounds of this retreat center. And then after that reflection time, we come together and they come uh, with a list of lies that God has revealed to them that they have personally come to embrace in their life. And we uh, basically, we burn those lies. Now, we weren't allowed to... Uh, start a fire on this beautiful property, unfortunately. So we had a nice-looking trash can in the middle, and they burnt it up. So, That's just the flavor of the worship, the kind of, that's what I was talking about. They just start in and they follow uh, each other. There's no words and they're into it as they were trashing the lies and setting themselves free and getting ready to embrace the truth. Then we go into the whole uh, truth part of um, these retreats. And then we have a closing ceremony in which the men got medallions that you see there on the left. And the women got crowns, and we celebrated communion together. And since we uh, didn't have a red carpet for royalty, sons and daughters of the king, to walk on, we actually used the papers that they used on their temperaments uh, as the red carpet. So that is the bedrock of what God made them to be. This is Pastor Simon and his wife Lucy. Pastor Simon is the uh, head of the Gigi Fun uh, group over there, and he was instrumental in putting this uh, retreat together. We have uh, recorded a personal greeting that never made it to the church uh, services like we Hi, wanted to. Hi, this is Remco and Jennifer Bromet. We are in Tabor Hill, Yahururu, Kenya, and we have just completed our first True Identity Conference with pastors and ministry leaders from all over the area. And we're here to... 
of Rajmal United Methodist Church by saying, God bless you in Swahili. So this is the whole group, and uh, this is us together with Pastor Simon and Lucy. Pastor Simon is coming to the States in February. Uh, I don't know if he's coming here, but maybe you guys get to uh, hear him in the service or something. Is, it, is he the guy that, that did the orphanage? Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, Good Shepherd. Yeah. The Good Shepherd yeah. orphanage. He and his wife, yeah, um, yeah Good Shepherd. Okay, yeah. so at the end, this was almost a, like a highlight of our time. We went to visit uh, um, Eva and James in their home, and they live in a beaten path where no white people ever come. And so they were extremely excited that we wanted to come, and it was the ride of our life. And it's on James Road. <laughs> It's raining buckets. That was the good part of the road. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as Julia said in the back, there's always room for one more, always room for one, one more. And at the end, he asked me, how do you feel, Remco? I said, well, let me put you this way. My organs are not where they used to be before we got started. So. And here we are at, uh, at Eva and James's with their uh, two wonderful children, Precious and what was the other one's name? I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Other, uh, yes. And um, white people there are called uh, Mzungu. So, uh, you know, we, we are their Mzungu friends. So, so when I came, uh, one of the daughter, one of Eva's daughters said, Mom, that's your Mzungu friend. Because she had seen pictures of me with Eva. She said, you're a Mzungu friend. And she came up and gave me a hug. It was really cute. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> On the way back, uh, stopped at the mandatory souvenir stand, Evans himself, and he gave his hands full of stuff. Um, and then back to Divine Providence Training Center where we spent Sunday uh, visiting one of the churches that were pastored by a DPTC grad. This is one of those churches with a small ramshackle platform, a dirt floor. He was actually well outfitted with plastic chairs. That's unusual. And the church services are nothing like what we are used to here. We use a little taste. on for, for uh, sometimes uppers of four hours. So, yeah. We left after two hours. We left after two. Uh, you know, but they go on for four hours, and the church is an all-day affair over there. So, 
Um, then we had our first conference for men only at the Divine Providence Training Center in our new multi-purpose room there, which was sponsored by uh, Roswell United Methodist Church. And uh, these are some impressions of that. We're going to go through this a little bit faster. Personalities, same thing, personality maps. Did similar thing. They did very, again, the bulldozer. That seems to be something over there. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, we had meals in the in the dining room tent there, uh, delicious Kenyan meals, a lot of rice and stew. And Paul himself has become more involved in the teaching, uh, here leading a small group discussion, and he taught one of the sessions as well. Some more impressions of the small groups that we had there with the men. And these were pastors that came from all over. The, uh, the gentleman uh, in the bottom left there with the red color then, his name is Raizi, and he came from the Rindili tribe in extreme northwestern Kenya, and they're camel herders. He owned 56 camels, and he was the first pastor in that tribe, first Christian pastor in that tribe, and he has a church of 27 believers, and he's 23 years old. And there were people that had traveled all the way from the east coast of Kenya. There was somebody that um, had come from the western border. Uh, in fact, the, the gentleman on the bottom right in the middle with the white color came from the western border. And he is planning to take true identity into Uganda because that's right over the border there. So they were from all over. Our life's activity there was outdoors. And yes, we could build a fire. So that was always good. And we, uh, something happened to Bill White. How many of you know Bill White? You've, you've known him. Yeah. Um, he had a, a nerve condition there, a sciatic nerve condition there, and he started just, uh, his legs would just give way and he would drop over. Um, and it would take two or three of us to get him back up and hold him up and walk him back to his tent, uh, while we were there. In fact, he had been planning to stay for several more months. And uh, we had to actually put him on an airplane with a medical escort and fly him back home for emergency surgery because uh, it was that serious. Uh, but these guys, they were going to pray it out of him. And they prayed with authority. They gave him a cane to walk on, a tribal cane. And this is the first uh, Chemi Chemi True Men group. Most of these men are current Divine Providence Training Center students that are in the current class. Yes, they'll be graduating next year. And there is their greeting. Oops. No, that's okay. That's right. Same greeting. Same greeting. Um, then the second conference, this is the second of three conferences, there was for men and women as well. The women there were mostly also either current uh, DPTC students or graduates, uh, much like the other group. And Martha came down from uh, Strong Tower to help teach one of the sessions as well, brought her little son Promise with her, the lies activity. No, that's fine. Some prayer uh, time on the tent deck. I've had to think of Mike Long because uh, in the past you've seen several slides of him sitting on the deck, similar like this, getting ready for his message at the DPTC graduation speech. And uh, this was our last group uh, there, uh, some of the images there. Uh, on the bottom left, there is Alyssa Ewald. You know the Ewalds here. And Alyssa uh, was there for several months working at uh, Divine Providence Training Center. She is now back, and she works for Beth Casey's outfit here, Caravita. And to the left of her is Brent Brannan, who is Beth Casey's nephew, I think, right? And he was there for a couple of months as well. James and Stella were the caretakers. They live on DPTC. Uh, they're the Chemi Chemi caretakers. James is a DPTC grad. 
And uh, for them, uh, they both went through the True Identity sessions, and for them it was life-changing. So it was good to hear those things. Uh, now, that's, uh, now you can tell how cold it was. That was our last evening there, and it was freezing. We were huddled in bed with blankets and, and everything else, and we were going to go to Holland afterwards, and we couldn't wait to go to Holland where it's warm. <laughs> so, packing to leave, and that's our last day at, uh, at Chemi Chemi. Heading to the airport, uh, met up with Paul and his wife Judy and their little daughter Olivia, uh, dropped Bill off at the airport first, and then uh, off to Amsterdam. So that is kind of like uh, our overall report. And uh, what was significant is that um, True Identity has become a movement in Kenya. Um, these pastors uh, are, have taken it to their churches. We've been in touch with them in Facebook, on Facebook and in other uh, ways. And some of them have taken it to schools and taught it in schools and Others have uh, uh, brought it to their communities, and they're telling us what they're doing. They uh, urged us to write true, true identity materials for marriage and for teens as well, because it's desperately needed, and to come back. And so we're going to continue to resource them, and we'll be back there at some point. We're not quite sure when, uh, with new materials and travel around and empower these men and women to continue on with the true identity message because it is so significant uh, for their culture. Uh, we have a couple of events coming here as well. Uh, we're going to have a true men conference. This will be at Mount Pisgah, uh, February 21st and 22nd. For um, those of you that might be interested, we'll send word out once we have the details. But if you want to have a taste of that, it's a Friday night, all-day Saturday conference uh, at Mount Pisgah. And you can go through the materials yourself. And uh, the women have been doing retreats for a number of years. And so they've decided that this coming year they're going to do a, a True Identity 201 retreat uh, with follow-up materials specifically for the alumni that have gone through True Identity already here in the United States. That will, that will be in March. Um, Jennifer has also written a book. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, this is a, this is a, it's been a two-year process, and it's her story uh, of um, how uh, she has experienced God's deliverance from uh, growing up with a birth defect, which defined her identity for many, many years, and how she has found her true identity and what true identity means. And it's self-published. Um, you can ask her about it afterwards, or uh, you can go online at trueidentityministries.org and uh, order some for a donation of $20 to the ministry. You'll get a book, and she'll leave an autograph for you. It'll be a collector's <laughs> item. Yes. So um, it's also on Amazon. You can get it there as well. And, and people that have uh, read it, including myself, have said that this is really a truly a life-changing book. So we're excited about this book and what it will do as far as getting the true identity message out there. The men in Kenya came up to me and say, we're giving you one year to write your book. So <laughs> I haven't started yet. So pray for me. But um, uh, thank you very much for having us with you. What? No, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your support. Um, the, the whole trip cost about $9,000 for us to be over there. That included 
the rental of the conference facilities, of the materials, and thanks to the uh, mostly the generosity of the Sunday school classes here at RUMC, every last penny was provided for. So we're very, very grateful, and your money was very, very well invested. You have invested in something that is changing lives in Kenya at an amazing speed beyond what we mm-hmm. ever could have hoped for. So thank you, and God bless you. Yeah. And they, they, the, the people over there, they told us, I don't know how many times, please go back and thank the people. Please thank them for their prayers and sending you here. So from them uh, and our hearts and their hearts to you, thank you so much. Yes, yeah. thank you. Didn't ask, but they might have any questions of them that maybe oh, right. you had saw something. Yeah. Yes. Hi. Thanks so much, President. My question is: this. Are they utilized wise as partners? And they are superb. So prior to the light instruction, you know, over by just that chat. Also, <laughs> one more thing. Yes. Are they um, polygamous by nature? There, their tribal activity, or are they? The, uh, yes, to answer your first question, uh, there are degrees of maturity. There are definitely quite a few pastors who see their wives as ministry partners and who live out the principles of Ephesians chapter 5. And, uh, but there are also pastors who have some growing up to do in that respect. And several uh, of the pastors who went through this with their wives said that this transformed their marriage. And so that was very hopeful. And that's why they said, you know, we need to have this for marriages. Uh, your The second question, um, yes, there is still quite a bit of polygamous practice in in the tribes. It's uh, I don't know that there are any laws against it, but it, it does happen. Uh, quite a bit. A lot of the men said, you know, when they introduced themselves, said, I'm a man of one woman. Yes, that's very interesting. You know, they will, they introduce themselves in the Christian church. Uh, they will say their name and they say, I've been saved by grace and I'm the husband of one wife. So that tells you something. Yeah. 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 Good question. Anybody else? Thank you. Well, thanks a lot. Thank Appreciate you. it. Good session. <clears throat> and, it makes me think as I sit there and listening and seeing the progress being made and everything. And my closing thought for the day is, if the going is really easy, beware, we may be going downhill. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot.